Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And welcome to episode 33 of Ooh To Be A Podcast, our Huddersfield Town podcast. I'm your host, Rory Benson, and joining me today are Mel Booth and Blake Welton of the Huddersfield Examiner. Alright, hi. Um, just before we start, we'll mention the sponsors again, Beer52. If you type the code in Huddersfield online, uh, you can get uh, a £30 crate of beer for something like 5 95 uh, So thanks to them for sponsoring us. And we'll jump straight in. Um, since the last time we spoke, the West Ham match has been and gone. One that me and you earmarked Mel last time for a possible win for town. It didn't turn out like that and it was a, just a rough day at the office for the Terriers. Yeah, a very bad day at the office for town to be quite honest. Um, we did suggest, I think I went for a 2-1 town win. Um, I really thought, especially after the way that things had gone down at West Ham, that David Wagner would be really focusing on making sure um, that they got the maximum out of that game and indeed in the pre-match press conference that's exactly what he said um, he wanted them to make up for that performance down in London um, and get the points on the board it obviously didn't happen um, my own thinking on it is that Town didn't start with anywhere near enough energy anywhere near enough tempo um, and they allowed West Ham to gradually think hang on a minute this team aren't coming at as we can get at them. And obviously it brought the mistake for the first goal because West Ham were able to think they're going to try and play it out from the back. And they picked on us and they scored. So I think that Town desperately need to start with tempo in every game. Not just the West Ham game, but every game. And when Town haven't done that, that's when they've struggled. So I think that that was the basic problem. They started off with no cohesion, very little movement and certainly no pace about the game and they paid for it. I think that's, it's kind of weird to, to say that because David Wagner's sides have been sort of, you, they're, they're always full of energy and they buzz around most of the time. Do you think maybe it was the sort of festive period catching up with them, a bit of sort of tiredness in the legs? Yeah, no, definitely. I think there was there was too many players that were dead on their feet for, for the game and it was, you know, one game too many. Yes, I know he did rest a, a lot of the players, you know, Zanka, uh, Moy, Schindler in the FA Cup game. But having one, having rest in one game, it's just not you know enough really. When you think, obviously, last season, and I highlighted afterwards, Aaron Moy, Aaron Moy, club and country, jetting all across the the, the globe last eighteen months, forty six game, um, championship season, three games playoffs, then um, the FA Cup run, and I think it's just got to a stage where it's just too much for some of them and. David Wagner hasn't got the resources to, you know, have a completely strength and depth and a completely different side for a Premier League game, let alone, you know, an FA Cup, you know, game and, and I think that's where it was. Aaron Moy 
was the most evident one off his game. Um, you know, but having said that, I looked at Burnley that week last weekend as well. Another side who's done really well started started this season strongly, and they looked jaded. They looked tired. So I think it's affecting everyone. But when you are someone like Huddersfield Town, who has a small squad it's going to impact them a lot more and it's going to turn out results like that. Exactly, and I think West Ham as well have quite a big squad. You know, they've, they've got a lot of money to spend and they look rejuvenated under David Moyes as well. So, you know, maybe they caught West Ham at the wrong time and they were, you know, the wrong time for themselves as well. Um, it was a, a pretty poor performance and it was against a, a direct relegation rival. Do you see that being sort of influential later on in the season? Do you think those could be three points that Town will, will rue not picking up? Well, the the home points, which is the other factor, we've we've been keen to stress all the way through how good Town have been at home and how productive they've been at home. So their home points down the drain, uh, and as you say, against a direct rival, um, all it's done really is put more pressure on them going to Stoke City. If mm-hmm. you take if you take the the upcoming matches in pairs. It puts more pressure on them going to Stoke City. Another team who were down there, they're in the relegation zone and they're only four points behind town. So, you know, you don't need to be the greatest mathematician to work out that it's going to be a whole lot closer if town don't at least take a point um, down at Stoke. So it's certainly put more pressure on them going down to Stoke. I don't think anyone can deny that, really. Um, And it's... The home form has been great, the atmosphere has been great, but it was noticeable in the West Ham match that there were some murmurings. People were frustrated when Town didn't start that well and didn't start getting the ball moving forward in a in a cohesive way. So, um, you know, people were frustrated even before West Ham scored the, the first goal. And it, it was a real relief when Joe Lolly scored that cracking goal, and you know, brilliant goal it was. It was a bit of a relief that Town weren't going in there 1-0 down mm-hmm. um, and, and really chasing the game. As it happened, of course, West Ham turned it round immediately after the um, the kick-off for the second half and Town were chasing the game again and it just went from bad to worse. So, um, yeah, the home points and we've stressed that really it's Town's home form which is going to be the backbone of them staying mm-hmm. in the division if that's ultimately what happens um, so from that point of view, it was particularly disappointing. Yeah. I've, pre- I've pretty much given up predicting town, though, because I, I can see a, a situation of going to Stoke and losing to Stoke and having a bad performance a la Swansea, then everyone writing them off against Liverpool a la Manchester United, pulling out a result and you know everything's all right in the world again. Um, and as well, last time, went to Watford. No one saw a 4-1 at Watford. So... You know, someone asked me what I thought this weekend, and I said I have no idea. And they said, "Oh, you, you paid to have a prediction," and I'm like, "I've given it out. I'm just throwing it out the window now. I just, I just don't know what's going to happen." Yeah, I do. I do expect a reaction from Town. Mm. I really do. I thought that it, it would have been a, a much stronger performance against West Ham, and that being the case, I really do expect Town to be on the money down at Stoke. I'll be very surprised if they are not. Yeah. What well, What I think was the poorest part of the performance for me was just the attacking sort of just any form of attack that they had they didn't move the ball quick enough they couldn't get the shots away I think it's probably only two shots that they had all game so West Ham kind of stifled them on match of the day afterwards like that evening they were saying that maybe Town have been worked out by opposition would you buy into that or do you still think that maybe it was just a one-off bad performance 
Um, I think there's an element of that for sure. You can't carry on doing the same things and, and people not work it out. That's not the nature of professional sport. There's always someone coming up with a different idea of how to do things and a different idea of how to combat things. And that's no different in football and it's certainly no different than the Premier League. You know, the, the brightest coaches, the brightest analysts are all in, employed in the Premier League and they're going to look at every single aspect because it's so important financially to an organisation to be involved at that level. Um, you know, and, and it, that's why it's so important for town. You know, forget about the FA Cup coming up, really. It really is. A, don't get sidetracked from what is the main issue, and that is getting enough points on the board to stay in the division. So everybody's going to be looking at every single little thing. Any half a percent you can get anywhere, they're going to pick up on it. And I think West Ham worked that out. They know how town played out from the back. Town weren't playing with any speed. Tempo, cohesion, the movement was minimal as well. So when poor old Joe Lolly goes and does the right thing and makes himself available in the town scheme of things, West Ham have gone, hang on, they're not really playing that well. So they've just stationed the men and gone and robbed him. And Is it time to drop that sort of playing out from the back then if they get caught? Because it's happened before at Swansea, they got caught. Just, yeah, if, just especially if they're off colour, is it just... A, sort of just get rid of the ball sort just of to make one slight more point before Blake gets his say on that I think there that you know obviously David Wagner blamed Joe Lolly said he should have given the ball straight back to Jonas Lossel Jonas Lossel can see the whole play in front of him he shouldn't in my opinion have played that mm. ball so I think he has to shoulder as much of the blame if not slightly more of it in my opinion uh, and he could have just knocked it up the field you've got a big target man there anyway get people playing around him and use that ball every now and again so that was the way I looked at it I, I totally agree I thought it was a, a little bit of a shock for me for him to come out so um, you know so clearly and, and blame Joe Lolly who I feel is a, is a confidence player um, he's a very fragile confidence player he, he needs more of a, a hug and, and an arm round than anything um, and that, and after the goal, he looked a different player, um, and that, and he was taking people on, and, and I think so. I was a bit shocked at that, and I also agree. I do think that Jonas Lossel should have taken some of the blame for that. Um, I think Frank Lampard. I, I, it was something I highlighted back in um, December about playing it out from the back um, after the Chelsea game, and it followed on from the Swansea game. And there is, you know, issues at Tottenham that Jonas Lossel nearly got caught out. So it is a recurring theme. And I said back then that you know they should look at adopting, just mixing it up and changing it as as you know Boothy said and as Frank Lampard so eloquently put on match of the day. Not abandoning it because everyone wants to see teams playing good football and playing it from the back, and it's the modern day is the sweeper keeper thing. But you can't do it all the time, and that, and as you said, when you've got someone like Depotra up front, and you you know, and Steve Mounier, you you know, sometimes hits long because we've seen as well goals scored from Jonas Lossell's distribution up to um, Depotra, you know, Steve Mounier. So. Just mix it up. We're not saying abandon it, go route one and play, you know, bolting, play football in the sky. Um, but yeah, I just think it, it does need a change. And I think town are too one dimensional sometimes. I think, you know, you don't have to be a football analysis, 
you know, to know Town are going to line up four, four, two, three, one. You're going to have either Mounier or you know or Departure up front, and you know probably Rajiv and Lapara on one side because that's the only option you've got. So he is becoming a little bit too one-dimensional, and I think unfortunately he's being sussed out. I think one sort of. I guess one weapon that they'll use to counter that is Alex Pritchard, who was that was probably the only positive really to come out of West Ham, the West Ham performance. I thought he did pretty well in the 25 minutes he was on the pitch. Probably didn't get enough of the ball. I mean, he looked, he was close to being man of the match for me really because he had better touches than anyone else on the pitch. What did you make of that brief cameo, and can you see him starting against Stoke this weekend? Yeah, I, I thought he did terrifically well when he came on. It wouldn't have been difficult for anybody to make an impact actually yeah. because of the way that the team, the way things were going. Mm. Um, and you know, none of us are decrying what Town have done. It's fantastic, and we're enjoying. A, you know, it's a great season to be up in the in the top flight. It's it's brilliant, and there's a lot of hard work gone into the way that Town play. Uh, and the way that the players have been motivated and everything that's going on down there has been really, really positive. So, yeah, it was a bad day at the office against West Ham. Uh, we, you know, we're, not, we're not kicking in to touch everything, every good yeah. thing that Town have ever done. I think it's important to make that point. But I, al- I also think you're quite right, Pritchard came on and David Wagner at the, at the press conference um, ahead of the Stoke City game has said... These are the qualities he can bring. He gives us that little bit of something different because he likes set the ball in tight spaces. He wants the ball in tight spaces and he can make things happen either one-on-one or even with two defenders around him. He can make things happen. He can bring people into play and he can create openings for himself and, and have a dip at goal and all the rest of it. So he's clearly a lively, skillful, um, educated footballer. Um, and I think that he's going to bring something different to the party, just like David David Wagner said. Um, the surprise to me about last weekend, I have to say, is that it was town were 3-1 down and it was 11 minutes before a substitute was sent on of any sort. Um, and it, it happened to be Pritchard, uh, which was great. I just thought that it might have happened pretty much straight away. You know, 11 minutes is a long time in a football match. Um, so I, I personally thought that I would have made a change before that. Um, presumably, David Wagner thought, well, you know, that these these guys are out there. I'm not un, particularly unhappy. But I thought, having conceded the third goal, um, which basically made it very difficult for us to get back in, I would have made the change straight away, personally. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. other managers probably would have done. David will have his own reasons for doing that. But I thought Pritchard could have been on. At that point, um, you know, if if not earlier, in fact, you mm-hmm. know, when the, when they were only two one down, um, so that that was one thing which struck me about that. But I really did think Alex Pritchard made um, a really good impression. And bearing in mind that David Wagner's already said that he's saving Phil Billing for the FA Cup, um, you've got to think that Pritchard's the next cab off the rank and very likely to start I would suggest against Stoke Yeah I, I totally agree with that one thing I, I did think was quite smart man management is you know everyone was obviously talking about Pritchard and when he started against Stoke and what he brought blah de blah um, but I, I think he was also there was just a caveat in there about him saying, "Oh, he's not had you know much training with us, and yeah. you know he's uh, you know we still have to assess, and he's good going forward, but you know backward defensive qualities we still need to you know." So he he, he was oh, he was 
very clever in man and management and kind of not raising and putting too much pressure on him by just putting this little kind of well he's still got bits to do in that um, so I think that was great man management in the press conference from what I picked up on was was you know everyone's looking at Pritchard as the saviour as the man you know and kind of he just kind of downplaying that a little bit yeah I think you're right I think the, the same went with Tennis Congolo as well um, I, I think personally it, I would have gone with both of them last yeah, weekend, to be honest. But Dale Tempest made the the um, point in his column that um, Town are not that... You need to learn your responsibilities. They're not that type of team where you can just go bang, mm. slot that new man in there and that new man in there. And I think the, there is possibly a percentage of that that you have to say, yeah, maybe you've got a point there, Dale. So... That's probably why just chucking in a guy like yeah. Pritchard a few hours after he's signed, Congolo a week a week and a bit after he's signed, when they're still getting used to the names of the players they're playing alongside. Uh, and I think there's an element of that. Um, definitely, personally, I would have played... I knew he wasn't going to play at centre-back because you've got Zanker and Schindler. I would have played Congolo at left-back and I would have started with Pritchard just for the, the lift factor of having mm-hmm. a new player in there. Yeah, no, I totally agree in that. Um, again, with Congolo, he's played him down a little bit, saying he's had a, a winter break, and obviously he's coming to you know a, a, a good club that's you know plays throughout the winter, um, short of sort of fitness. But I definitely think you know that is one position the left back we're likely to see him. Chris Lowe still out injured, Malone really not you know not showing you know anything of real note at the moment he seems to be struggling a bit so I would, I would play both of them at that step definitely yeah I think the winter break thing with Congolo as well you just mentioned but he did he played 78 minutes for AS Monaco on the 20th of December that wasn't that long before the Bolton mm-hmm. match where he played an entire game yeah. so he, he, it's not as though he's been feet up on a beach for three yeah. weeks he, you know he's he's pretty much they're ready to slot in as has now been said um, so uh, yeah um, I, I I would have gone for it last week but I can understand why David Wagner didn't Do you think they'll get the nod against Stoke this weekend then? Do you think we'll see both of the new guys in there? I think we'll certainly see Pritchard yeah, mm-hmm. certainly um, <clears throat> Chris Lerver there wasn't much said about him was there at the press conference so um, you know, question mark there because he hasn't played, has he? So um, we know that the the problem that he had was, you know, not not easy to get over. So um, probably won't see him. Whether Congolo would get the nod over um, Scott Malone, there again, probably fifty fifty. I would think personally, I would um, just to just to get the lad in there playing. Um, he certainly won't play at centre back. Um, so. You know, I would play him at left back, and I certainly think that Pritchard will play at number ten. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's it's a massive game for Town, really, especially after last weekend's performance against West Ham. This is, you know, this is now a huge game against Stoke. We've sort of spoken about the gap. I think Town are four points ahead. You know, if they beat Stoke and they go seven points clear, they're probably going to be seven points clear of the relegation zone. So, it really is a huge, huge game at the Bet Three Six Five Stadium this weekend, isn't it? It is, and I, I wouldn't write Town off at all. I wouldn't because Stoke aren't, they're not, you know, they're in the bottom three for a reason. So, you know, people are looking at it and you're thinking new manager syndrome, aren't you? Yeah. you know? um, but, you know, 
there is going to be a little bit of that. There's sure to be because these players are going to be trying to impress Paul Lambert. Um, and they've made a signing this week, haven't they? The fullback. Um, so, you know, there's there's going to be a little bit of a freshness about Stoke City. And I think that David Wagner admitted that in the press conference, mm-hmm. didn't he? He said, you, we know what Paul Lambert's going to do and we know all about Stoke because we only played them, I think it's 25 days between the games. So he said, we know all about the resources that they've got. We know what how Paul Lambert sets up and what his mindset is, which is probably as important. So there are no surprises there, to, to paraphrase David. So um, it, it's it's a massive game and it is about what town do. And if town are anything like on song as they were at Watford and as they've been at some of the home games, you know, um, West Brom at home, Brighton at home, if they play in anything like that sort of bracket then you know they really ought to be able to take at least a point mm-hmm. and give themselves a chance of taking three and you know I don't think we should be too downhearted about town going down there yeah it probably would have been better if they hadn't made an appointment but I don't see it as being any great factor in the outcome it's more important what town go down there and perform and produce and and that's what it's about really Town have got to show up. Yeah. Do you think David Wagner then, because Town's away performances have been so up and down from Crystal Palace on the opening day to that run of not scoring away from home, it's kind of it's a hard one to judge because is it going to be the town that went away to Swansea that turns up, or is it going to be the town that really attacked the game at Watford, took it to them, and and managed to create probably more chances than they've created in any other match? Yeah. That like like I said. Prediction-wise, I'm just throwing the prediction book out the window with, with Town at the moment. I can I can see them going there. This big, we're gonna have a reaction and giving a reaction, a la Watford, or literally going there and for some reason, you know, not coming away with anything, and then everyone's you know waving their hands in the air, flapping about, panicking, and then they go and turn Liverpool over impressively. Um, so. One thing, Stoke, they've conceded the most goals in the Premier League against a side that struggle for goals. Something's got to give, otherwise it'll be a boring nil-nil. Um, but I, I would take a point, to be honest. I'd, I'd take a point um, at Stoke. Um, three points would be brilliant, but um, it's just, it's just like I said, it's just too hard to call on that at the moment. With, with, with them, I think Paul Lambert looking at them, it, he was about, everyone knows he's third or fourth choice you know, for for Stoke City for the manager, so he's not really hitting the ground with any enthusiasm, or the fans are not really enthused about that appointment. The players might be thinking, oh well, you know, what's he really done? He's been a great player, won the Champions League, but yeah, Paul Lambert, okay. So you just don't know. It's just it's an intriguing contest, which I'm looking forward to because I really just don't know where to call it or, or what it's going to happen. Yeah, I think you can you can flip it and look at the Stoke City point of view. What are they going to be happy with? They're there at home, and the onus is on them really mm-hmm. to go out and try and take three points. The onus is on them to do that. They can't sort of go there and say, "Well, well we're going to be happy with the point," because the fans are going to be more expectant. And so the onus is on them, and in that sense, you could say the pressure's on them. Um, so town really. If they go set up and perform and play on the counter like we've seen them do impressively at places like Watford and, and Crystal Palace, um, then there is every reason to think Town are going to have enough chances to win that match. Every reason. Um, and especially if you've got um, Pritchard flitting in and out 
and creating more options for your Van Leparas and your, your Tom Inses, I think Town really could get after them and pick on the fact that Stoke are going to feel that they've got to go at Town. Mm-hmm. So it's in, psychologically, it's very interesting. Do you think that means that we'll see something like the Watford game, though, or the game, the Liverpool game, where they went to Anfield, David Wagner said he wanted to just keep them out for 70 minutes and then see what happened for the last 20? Do you think we'll see that sort of performance, a backs-to-the-wall sort of thing, or do you think Town will look to pick them off from, from the off? I think Town ought to be looking to pick them off from the off. I think that that, that is they're in front of them to do mm-hmm. because of the fact that the onus is on Stoke to try and impress their home fans to make it look like the start of a new era uh, and if Town go there and basically do what West Ham did last week which were the basics, apply yourself and then take your chances when they come along it's that sort of bracket of performance that you want from Town and they're more than capable of doing it absolutely more than capable of doing it so you know, I, I think that Paul Lambert, Blake's just said, yeah, you know, the people, there'll be, there will be an element of fans going there sort of under-impressed with the choice of the new manager. But I think since he's gone in, he's said all the right things, mm-hmm. they've made a sign-in, um, he's talked positively about the club and made it clear that he knows what they're about and where they are. And so I think he's made a lot of friends over the last 48 hours uh, among the Stoke faithful. But... You know, the proof is in the pudding. It's from three o'clock on Saturday afternoon and that's where town can make their impact. If I was going to push you for predictions, I know you said you didn't really want to give one. <laughs> if I had to press you on it. Um, I'm going to go nil-nil because, I, I, you know, um, yes, they've conceded the least amount of goals. Uh, well, they've conceded the most goals Stoke have in the Premier League. Lambert did say he wanted to get back to basics, so a clean sheet would be a solid foundation for him to build on in the next few weeks and, and the month. And I think David Wagner will maybe go and have a look at maybe sit in, you know, and, and try and pick them off and, you know, they'll maybe have the majority of possession and play but, you know, maybe be unlucky to score. So I'm going nil nil. So the, Doom-monger here. <laughs> I'm going to be a lot more positive than that because I think Town can pick them off. Um, as I've said, you know, Stoke are not down there because they're a fantastic side who have been very unlucky. They're down there for a reason. So I think Town have got a chance. We saw that Stoke have got some ability when they came to the John Smith Stadium. They've got players with a bit of quality and obviously Town relaxed for a moment and they got punished. So, you know, you've got to take those silly mistakes out of it, which I think David Wagner's highlighted since West Ham. You've got to take those mistakes out. If Town commit mistakes like that again, then they're in trouble. But... I think that Town are going to get at least a couple of goals. I think there's a couple of goals in this one. I think the first goal is important as well. Mm-hmm. I do think the first goal is important. There's been a lot of talk about Town when they go behind, are they capable of coming back and all the rest of it, and, and what the various percentages are. The first goal is important. If Town get their noses in front, I'd be very, very positive about the afternoon. I really would. Um, and I, I can see Town, they may be maybe not, keep a clean sheet so I'm going to go for something like 2-1 town uh, because I think the chances will be there I really do yeah I'm going to go even more positive I think it's going to be 4-2 to town <laughs> I just think with Stokes they've got a load of injuries especially in, in defence and stuff like that I think they they are very shaky at the back although Paul Lambert will want to go in and 
organise them a bit more. It's going to take more than a week to do that. So I think Town, hopefully Alex Pritchard pulling the strings as well, get a few goals and then you know Stoke at the other end. Of, that's where their quality lies in in Jordan Shakiri and. Um, uh, Maxim Tupo Moting as well, who was impressive when he came to town. So I think there'll be goals on either side, but hopefully, hopefully a town win again. Um, moving on, we had a question on Twitter from John Lamb, uh, who asks Although David Wagner said that town wouldn't bring anyone else in, do we expect them to be active in the in the transfer market? Will they bring another face in, or is that the end of it? I think yeah, David's a, a, a master at playing the media sometimes, and I, I just thought you know, he, he said he was happy with his squad, he's happy with the business, you know, he, you know that he's done and that that's it, his shopping's done, and then he takes a breath and he says, oh, for the moment you don't know what's going to happen down down the line, and you know injuries, whatever, or, or player might become available. So he's just he's I think he's playing it very cute with the media and everyone um and that and I think if the right person suddenly comes available perhaps there is someone they've got in mind they've made an inquiry and you know the the, the club have said no sorry or they've asked a ridiculous amount and then he, David then comes and says oh that's it you know maybe he's using the media to kind of kidology to maybe get the, the last player over the line or whatever um, and, and make it like that they're not too interested for the, the selling club so um, I, I still think maybe there might be one more deal to go, go. I do, yeah I, I don't um, disagree um, with what Blake's saying there could be some background in that really um, He's very cute, David, about what he says on on these things. I mean, it's it's sensible to say there's still two and a half weeks to go. We've got three matches to play. If you get an injury to a Schindler or you get an injury to a Moy, there will be another mm-hmm. incoming. It could be on loan, but there will be another incoming. Let's let's not forget, Dean Dean has, has backed him with another ten million quid, and the the signing of Congolo from. Uh, even to the end of the season from Monaco is not going to be cheap no. loan deals don't come cheap these days and this is this is a, a guy who's been in a World Cup squad and won a league abroad um, and has gone to you know one of the biggest squads in Europe and, and a team that's powering a, along at the, uh, the top top end of the French League so you know he's not going to come cheap and he was what 15 million euros back in mm-hmm. the summer so you know that's cost Another ten million quid onto the forty odd million or whatever it was that was invested in the summer. This is fantastic stuff for town. And you know, at the end of the day, they did say all along that there will be a budget, and we are not going to go crazy. So you know, they've done a good amount of spending already in this window with two lads coming mm-hmm. in. Um, and yeah, if they have to make another signing, I have, I have no doubt. If we if we get an injury to a significant player then I think that they would move heaven and earth to get in a suitable mm-hmm. replacement I really do and I think that Dean would would back David to do that you don't know as well the thing about the transfer window which is so intriguing is the fact that sometimes it's a domino effect that you don't actually realise until the, the, the bigger picture on the 11th hour comes out so for instance Alexis Sanchez moves to Manchester United Mugatar and goes the other way but then what does that also mean for like a knock on effect for Arsenal you know a player in a certain position he goes somewhere else that then frees up something or whatever so you just don't know 
maybe Liverpool are looking for another striker with Daniel Sturridge constantly injured um, and that they get someone else in um, and then maybe they send out a, a lad on loan or whatever Ben Woodburn's been mentioned in the past so you don't know if people are just waiting for the right player to make the right signing somewhere else to then free up something and, and free up some options so maybe David's in the queue for something depending on further up the food chain what would be the right player then what would it be I think fans would say a winger maybe to get more delivery into Depoitre and Munier because it's just not been good enough this season the, the deliveries from the wide areas would that be somewhere you'd look at or would you want another striker or possibly a backup to Aaron Moy in midfield I think if you're going to have another striker you've got to be prepared to play two up front I think um, any any player's going to look and it's like well you play such a rigid system um, with one up top I'm going to go go Steve Mounier's you know not even getting in a game so three into one doesn't go um, and I don't think that's the issue I think you know Departure has found the net when he's been given surface Steve Mounier has been fixing starts but he's, he's scored you know a couple of goals against you know Palace a couple of goals against um, Brighton, if if they get service and the right surface, you know they they will flourish, and that is a problem. You haven't got, you know, Rajiv and the powers. You know, final ball leaves a lot to be des- desired still. Um, Tomins has been played. You know, they've struggled with where he's actually playing. He's through the middle, out wide, and and that because of the situation, injuries, and that. And don't forget, Kachunga came to the club as a forward. So if he was fit, he could play up front as well. So I do think it is. A kind of a winger, someone you know, to supply from from out wide. Yeah, I, I agree. I think a winger would be the top tick box now if they had to make a move without it being forced by an injury. If you lose a, a De Poitre or a Mounier, then you've got to, you really would have to look. I think at bringing in another one, but I think it would have to be forced by injury. To be quite honest, so I think in in that sense, I can see. You know that what what David Wagner is saying basically that I think that the winger would be the one. I think that an extra option to play wide out and provide some good ball into the box would be the one thing that most fans would probably point at and say, "Yeah, we've got to get better service in there." But I also think there's an onus on the midfield players as well to help out the guy up front. Um, you know, we've seen Lund de Quattro working his socks off, but. Um, being isolated to a certain degree and I think that's got to be worked on as well by town and when they're playing with a bit of tempo it, it seems to happen but I think we could flood players around him more um, mm-hmm. and that might happen with Pritchard Yeah absolutely uh, I think that's all of our topics covered for today uh, thanks for everyone for listening uh, if you enjoy the podcast please give us a rating on iTunes uh, we'll be back over the in sorry two weeks time um, we've got things on next week so we'll be back in two weeks uh, with probably a bumper episode looking back at the FA Cup uh, and also Liverpool and then looking ahead to Manchester United as well so thanks for joining me today guys and uh, we'll speak to you later Nu de Samsung S9 Plus Voor een genadeloos lage prijs check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.